Welcome. Welcome. Back. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, happy holidays. Hope you everyone had a great uh, holiday season. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, pick your poison. Um, hope and everyone, New Year's. And New Year's. Right? New Year's coming up. Yeah, next week. So we this will be the last episode of Office Hours um, of 2018. So thanks for joining actually, us. Actually, actually, they won't they won't hear it until they won't hear it. So happy 2019. Happy 2019. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> There, you go. there is a hole in our production schedule that now now that now the whole world will know that we are a Wait, week so off you're not doing it live wait what i'll write it and we'll do it live <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh, what do we, we got on the books today yeah well welcome back everybody hope everyone had a great holiday um i, I guess i wanted to kind of i guess get right into it you know i was with all the extra downtime this year i think like you know the holidays are a great time for me or it used to be um, where I would have a couple moments where I'd take a break from the computer, I'd sit um, on my laptop and just kind of like catch up. I'd read all the geeky stuff that I like to read about cameras, photography, etc., etc. And I think this is something I've always known, or you know, encountered this quite often, but really had a chance to kind of think about it and, and think about it for the sake of us talking about it. But the internet as a source of really negative energy. Uh, for your creativity, um, you know. So, I, I don't know. I, I was reading a a photography forum, um, which uh, you know I'm not going to name the forum, but there are you, you. I'm sure you've seen this in other ones that you may frequent if you're out there reading about photo stuff. And I just the the number of comments of people tearing each other down in our like you know our our same pursuit of the art was just astounding to me. And I guess I've always noticed that it was there. Um, and oh gosh, I hope I've never partaken in it. But just to think <laughs> that like, you know, it, it takes so much more energy to be negative to someone in their art than it does to just be positive and to, you know, and try to be enthusiastic about it, you know, like be supportive. Sure. So I don't know, I, 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 maybe you can kind of talk to me through this, what you, what you find, but I just found yeah. that the internet was a really negative space. You know, it's like that camera is garbage or yeah. you're not using this, you know, that's an ugly type of highlight, you know? And I think that instead of maybe being less negative about it, there was maybe a more constructive way to put some of that commentary. Now, I think mm -hmm. sometimes it's mostly stylistic. Like, you know, if you don't like, if you don't prefer blown highlights on your images, that's one thing. But to say that anyone that uses blown highlights is a hack, Right. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like there's, you're going out of I, your way to be negative. Yeah, I think part of it, personally, this is my thought on it, is that whoever has the most knowledge, whoever's the smartest, wins. Right? In general. And so I think that that's a lot of it, is that, you know, you see someone post a picture and somebody else thinks they know better. And so if they can pick it apart in the right way, they can come across as being smarter or a better photographer or a more a, a better equipped uh, artist or whatever the hell you want to say and and that's unfortunate because it'd be cooler if yes we did just help each other out and like you know I, I I've dealt with this a lot in um so for those of you who don't know I I'm lucky enough to work with PDN magazine where PDN magazine sends me cameras and lenses and stuff and I get to play with it and then an editor comes and asks me my thoughts and then he writes this article and then he says like, you know, the magazine comes out and it says like, Patino said the camera performed well under X, Y, and Z, right? 
it's amazing. It's great. The problem is that it goes online and then someone comments, Patino doesn't know dick about cameras and clearly he's never held one in his life. He's full of shit. And so that's been going on for four years of my life. And 99% of the time I go like, yeah, you're right. I don't know dick, but you know, I don't know. I, it's, I, I feel like it's, it comes back to that who has the most knowledge. And I've seen it a lot with that. And I've seen it a lot in the online forums, which is, you know, you don't know how to take a fucking picture. Let me show you how. And that's sad. I totally agree. And I, I, know, I was reading through this and it was, I don't know. I, I can't remember the actual particular thread. I think I was looking at like, it's, and it's always some kind of cat, like it's always some kind of like, foxhole you get into you start thinking like yeah. how many steps of or how many stops of dynamic range does one thing have you're thinking like a very technical question and so right. you go looking for on the internet for the answer and then you get into a treasure trove of just really terrible commentary from people that photograph like their cats on like stoops to say well you can see on this one it has 14 stops and some guy goes well no it's definitely not you don't have this yet yada yada which yeah like you know argue on the internet Who gives a shit right i mean yes absolutely agreed like there's no like whenever we argue on the internet nobody wins mm. um and i i don't know i think it kind of it it gives a lot of truth to that saying i've heard the saying before um the question how many photographers does it take to make an image and it's a hundred you know or whatever right. one one to make it and then 99 to say they could have done it better yeah uh and I think that, you know, obviously artistic inter interpretation being it, what it is, like how much effort would it take to maybe not crap on someone's work? Like if you want to be constructive and offer a piece of feedback or like a thought on what you, your take would have been, I understand that, but I don't know. It's like, I almost feel like on the internet because the anonymity, there's like a whole different level of just, I don't like it. It's garbage. And you must be a hack because I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the other thing is like, uh, I see a lot of people posting like, Hey, I got my new whatever for Christmas. I took this picture and then everybody's like, that sucks. You know? And, and the fact of the matter is that the guy or girl wasn't asking for your opinion or your constructive criticism. They were just really excited about this new piece of gear and they took a cool picture of what they thought, you know, uh, of their cat or whatever. And like, why can't we just let them have that? You know, like I, I think one of the most poignant things I see in online forums when people post pictures is when there are no comments on it. Like Agreed. that to me speaks volumes. Like if I posted a picture and it got no comment or no likes or no anything, I'd be like, I'd start to think about that. And I'd think, wow, nobody, nobody took notice to this. Like maybe this isn't a decent picture, you know, as opposed to if I got five comments that were like, Hey, you suck. I'd probably be like, no, I don't. I don't, you're just an angry person, you know, but like, I think the lack of comment is maybe more so. And I, I guess for, and it, I think this is very interesting because the, the venues that which you see this negativity kind of run, run amok. Um, it's, it's in certain corners of the internet, you know, and they're, they're not necessarily like soup, like they're not, well, I don't know. I guess I think about like, I don't know, luminous landscape like that that forum it's an incredible mm -hmm. forum tons of information but like sometimes people can be really like cutting like and it almost to a, a just a really negative degree like i i don't know i think that if you're a person that's kind of working in this field you know you're already a little bit of a you have a you have some vulnerabilities because you're putting your work out there for the world to see and i i think you know having a little having tough 
having a slightly tougher skin to take the commentary and to kind of accept the critiques is good. That's good for your growth. It's good for you, you helping understand, you know, things that you can consider or other perspectives that might be valuable. But then I think sometimes downright, like it's just downright nasty, you know, to right. your point. Um, and I, I, I think, I think about Instagram as a venue for, for photography and, and for creatives. Um, and I don't know, I think like in the, some of the circles that I follow, like in the people that I follow and people that follow me, like I, I find that the comments are generally pretty positive, you know, like yeah. great. And I hate the sound. These are so super cliche, like great tones or, and, you know, love the, love the, you know, the composition here. And I think that those, you know, on their face, they can be like, they're cliche, but the, what the positivity in that. I think it helps fuel something great. You know, I think sure. almost like if you were, if you were talking to a younger version of yourself, you know, what would be the fastest way to get you out of the business? And it would be just crapping on your work all the time. Right. You know? And I think like <laughs> to go back to other episodes we've talked about, it's like there's, there's enough of that negativity dwelling inside me. I don't need somebody sure. else crapping on my stuff too. I'm already doing a good enough job of that. So Absolutely. like, you know, whenever I think about the internet as a place for commentary on images, I, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes, it takes guts to put your stuff out there, number one. And then I think if something is not stylistically in line with me, you know, I try to dull my, dull my words a little bit. If I have like critiques to give thinking that, you know what, sure. this, this, like this may not be a technical thing that you wanted to go after, not my style, but I appreciate it for what it is. And right. something to think about next time, maybe. Right. And I mean, I don't know I think about it the same way I would talk to like a, a younger, like a, a kid, like a child, like a, a young, like a toddler or a babe, you know, like if they were working on their doodles, like it takes literally up. I'm using like my hand in a pinchy like gesture. Like it takes this much effort to be kind and so much more to be mean. Right. And like the repercussions of being mean are so much. They're like, they're so negative. They're so much worse than if you could just be yeah. a slightly more positive person to that kid. Well, it's a wildly subjective format that we work in. You know, I remember my first job as a photographer right off the bat. Uh, you know, I was, I was, it was, it was a bar mitzvah. It was an event and I shot it. And the woman who had given me the job said, um, edit these as well, you know, take your work and edit it and let me see that. And I, I edited them and I brought them to her and she was like, yeah, um, sorry. Can you go back and edit these again? Like these just aren't it's just aren't fun. There's not a lot of fun stuff going on. And I didn't, I didn't know what the hell she meant. And at that time they were using a lot of overlays and a lot of effects and a lot of stuff that I had never been privy to. I made a really nice color picture and I made a really nice black and white picture. And maybe I was cross processing at the time in Photoshop. There was a plugin for that, but like, I didn't, I wasn't using overlays. I wasn't using like posterize or but they were i mean because like the bar mitzvah clients at that time wanted that they were like yeah that's cool like that picture looks neon that's awesome and you know so like what i handed in what i thought was really good work somebody looked at me and went like no sorry this is never going to fly here and i had to go back and re-edit this job to include a bunch of stuff that i normally wouldn't do and so but she said to me at the same time this is a wildly subjective you know uh thing that we're doing and so your pictures are not bad at all it's just we deliver this here. Agreed. And I think that, that that plays a lot into it, though. It's like, stylistically, you might think that something's great, and I'm going to look at it and go, I hate that. But it's, to go back where you were coming from, it's that for me to come out and lash out 
and say, that is the biggest piece of dung I have ever seen, as opposed to just being like, that's not my cup of tea. And I almost, I mean, like, I'll take it one step, I'll, I'll take it one step further. It's like, you know, to not, to not jive with a piece of your art is one thing, right? Like I, I, I go to, like when I go to the museum here in Atlanta and I look at like modern art, like some modern art just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't like strike any kind of emotional, you know, reaction. I don't get anything out of it. And that's not to say it's not art. Like someone else might love that, you know? And so I think the, the, the other, the part that, that really the one step further section is like attacking the artist for the art. It's like, I don't like your picture, but that's not enough. I don't like you. I think you're, you're a two bit hack because I don't like what you just made. (laughs) And like, that's the negativity on that, that the corner of the internet that I think it's really, really like just dangerous. Right. Like when you get like, when you see people get like, and you, I think anyone that is in photography, like had that as frequent at any of these websites have just looked up anything, how to do it. Like you've come across a, an internet battle of sorts, right? Where you got two, two people going at it about something. And of which you ultimately know there's no, there's not going to be a winner here, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's purely just a waste of effort on, on both, on both ends of the perspective. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> But I just think about how, how destructive that is for, for either side's creativity, right? Like, there's yeah. nothing to be gained by having, you know, a showdown on the keyboard, so to speak. No. And quite frankly, you know, sorry, you're wasting your damn time. Like, the amount of time that it took you to write that paragraph to tell me that my video was stupid, you should have been out there making more pictures. That, that's a better use of your time. You know, instead of maybe putting someone down next time, go pick up your damn camera and go outside and make something of your own. You know, like, it's you're right. It's just there's nothing good is ever going to come of that fight. You know, and like 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 you were saying, you, you know, when you go to the Modern Art Museum, you don't bring a post-it note and, and write down and stick it to the wall. This is pure shit next to the photos that you don't like or the, the paintings that you don't like. Like, that's inappropriate behavior. That's a great right? idea, though. I mean, imagine <laughs> imagine if you went to a museum and like next to the next to the placard that has like the artist's name and the name of the piece. It's like <laughs> leave your comments below. <laughs> oh, that is a good idea, actually. <laughs> but yeah, you don't do that. Like it's just it's literally inappropriate to behave that way. And uh, yeah, you're right. The anonymity of the internet and that, you know, I, I don't know, man. I do think this though at the exact same time. Because I was always very reserved and, you know, I always beat myself up enough. And the second somebody online was like, you're stupid, you suck, you don't know what you're talking about. I really took it to heart, you know, the first time it ever happened. And after like the probably 40th or 50th time, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I developed this, this idea in my head that that their time would be better spent making pictures and not yelling at me. And whether that's true or not, I don't, I don't know, but I think it actually in some weird way has helped me a little bit progress in the things I do. I, I take a few more chances now and I'm willing to release stuff that maybe I wouldn't normally have released because I would have been too nervous because I've been beaten down already. Yeah. You know, like I've been told enough times that, that what I made was stupid that I'm like, ah, well, fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that, I mean, like, obviously I think that the comment, the critiquing part of a portfolio, like a portfolio critique, right? Like, Anyone that's done a portfolio critique, you know how like completely nerve wracking that is. I mean, you have this book that you've spent, I don't know, maybe a year or two years, more than that, 
of your life building this body of work. And then you just hand it off to someone and then they rip it to shreds. Like they go through it and they start asking questions or they they might have some commentary. And I think like one of the jobs that I, I did a commercial job a couple years ago, uh, it was a big a bigger client and I shot the job and I thought it was great. I was like, man, these are some really fun images. I'm really proud of these. Um, and somewhere along the way, like I guess they needed to be used for another, another the client had to use them for another thing. And so they handed them off to another agency. And, you know, like, okay, great. That's awesome. I can't wait to see, you, you know, that work be used somewhere else. And, um, you know, an art director from that agency emailed me back and said, hey, man, have some, have some edits here that I'd love for you to make. And I opened it up and it was like, whew. <laughs> I, I, hold on. Let me go cry in the corner for just like, <laughs> give me like a 10 minute cry session. Then I'll be right back to tackle this. And, you know, like, like I had, like there was, you know, it's like, it's the red pen. It's the red, you know, I guess I'm trying to think of like the grease pen is like you circle yeah. something and go, what is this? What is that? Why did you do this? <laughs> no detail here. And I'm like, and I, for as cutting as that was, you know, I think in that, like none of the things that were on that were like, at first I took them negatively. And I think that's how mm. most, most of us would, that's how anyone would, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's lashing out at your art, right? You feel kind of, right. you know you feel hurt by it. But then after taking a couple minutes to like, look at it, read it, see it from that perspective, it's like, okay, these are things to make my art better. Right. And it was ways in which I wasn't thinking to see that particular piece of work. And it wasn't like they were disrespectful. Like they didn't call me a hack. Right. They were just like, sure. Asking the question, like, where is this? Why, well, like, why did you do this versus the other way? And yeah. you know, it's the questions that you, that I was not asking myself at the time. And so, you know, after, after putting those edits to the, to the image, like they look, it looks a lot better. It's a much cleaner piece. And I've gone forward with those, with those mechanics in mind for every image I've made after the fact. Sure. Right. Um, yeah. You know, knowing obviously like there's, there's going to be some flexibility depending on the brief, the, you know, the project brief for the client you're working for, but like, those are things that help you get better. Um, Versus like you go to the internet and you say this and they go, ah, oh, man, you're a joke. You don't know what you're doing. This image is crap. You should see this one of my cat, you know? Like, right. Um, so yeah. I've been there, dude. I, I just did a video about this uh, a couple months ago or whatever on YouTube that, you know, and I was literally with someone and they showed me a picture on Instagram and they turned to me and said, I, I could have done this better. And I was like, what? Like, that's not, that's not even like a statement. Like what you could have done it better. Well then go freaking do it. Like, why are you gloating to me that you yeah. could have done this shot better? Like what, what are we accomplishing by doing this? Nothing. <laughs> you're just bragging that you think you're better than that guy. You know? And I, I know a lot of photographers. I, I talk to a lot of photographers that, that say shit like that. They'll say like, I'm better than that guy. On what day? Yeah. Sorry. That's like saying the uh let's use sports that's like saying the giants are better than the jets well maybe they are this week but they might not be next week i don't know i think some it, jets fans would fight that that was infinitely they're infinitely better think, on every day do you think jets <laughs> no, i'm kidding if you're a jets fan don't hate me please i'm just kidding well you know nobody's doing well this year but but like i don't know that's like a that's a that's a really hard argument to have yeah. to to look at someone and say oh i could do that better because again, uh, you know, and I'll go back to this every single time we have this discussion. It is a wildly subjective medium that we work in. And what I like is not what you like, is not what they like. And 
that's cool, man. That's what I, that's part of why I still get a you know uh, an excited uh, feeling for photography because you know sometimes I'm turned on to something new that I wasn't, and I was like, oh man, I never saw it that way. Uh, you know, I like looking at it that way. All of a sudden, like it changes all the time, and as you change as an artist, as you grow as an artist you'll do the same thing, I think. And, you know, and so to put someone down at this point in time, because you feel this way is stupid because in two years you might feel differently and say the exact opposite thing. I, I, I think like, cause I think we can all, we've all fallen victim to this, this whole, like, Oh, I could have done that. And I mean, I know I have, I can speak for like, I've sure. earlier in my career and gosh, sometimes like now in, ter- in my internal dialogue, I do that. Like, yeah, I could have done that. Why? You know, like I'm better, didn't. Than, I'm better than that. Like, <laughs> but I didn't, that's the right. That's I didn't, I didn't. Huh. And, and so like, I think the way I've tried to reframe, you know, like in my mind, that sentence is that's something I should try. Right. I wish I had done. I that. wish I or had I, done that. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, if, if, you know, like, huh, not my cup of tea. I bet I like, I would like to try that idea. Maybe I can make something I like. Not necessarily, I tried to remove the idea of doing better right. from the vocabulary and saying, maybe I could make something that I like. Absolutely. And I, th- I think putting the onus on yourself, like basically to say like, instead of crapping on someone's art or saying that you could do it, could have done it better. Just do it, right? Like just right. make it, make it prove your own point, right? Like right. if someone says, oh, I'm like that Ashton guy is a hack. I could do all that stuff better. Please do like, then I can see your stuff and, and try to like, oh, okay, well, then I can improve my work to be be like you. So I think, I don't know, I, I think with where we are as, at least in photography, like there are there are a million of me. There, there are so many people that are wildly talented, far more talented than I am. Um, right. And I think, you know, if there's a, 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 if there's a way that there's a positive thing that can come out of that, then why, why would we, why would we not steer towards that? You know? I don't know, man. (laughs) I wonder, (laughs) I wonder, I often wonder if like, like, um, like do writers do this to each other? They must, right? Like, like you read somebody's story and you're like, man, that's stupid. I could do better than that. I don't know. It's like, do, do other industries have trolls? Like photographers have trolls? They have to, right? They must, right? Right? I mean, I'm sure there's someone that's like, oh, Harry Potter was 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 definitely bad. I could have written that way better. Right? Do you think like... Maybe? I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, do you think Michael Crichton <laughs> is like, fuck J.K. Rowling. She doesn't know what she's doing. Like that, that'd be hysterical if writers did that publicly on Facebook, like photographers do. And that's the thing. Have we had like, okay, so the whole anonymity of the internet means that everyone can be just violently nasty to each other without any kind of repercussion just because, Mm -hmm. but like, I can't think of a time where, I don't know. Have you ever seen anyone in a public spat where they're like, I was just going (laughs) to like, I don't like this. And you know what, David, you're, you're a garbage artist because of it. I don't, you're a hack. I don't like you. Not as much. I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen it play out that way. Okay, so here's the message, everyone. Basically, act like a a decent human being on the internet. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I have have met someone in person that accused me of not knowing anything on the internet. Ooh, how'd that go over? 
it was a, a gear review that I had done and somebody left a comment on, I don't even know, on Facebook or whatever the hell it was. And, and basically said like, you must have been doing something wrong. They accused me of just like not knowing what I was doing. Um, and the fact was I, I did, but something glitched along the way and I don't know what glitched, you know, and we didn't go into detail on in it, but they accused me of basically like not knowing what I was doing. And so fast forward four months down the road and the handshake happened. And as I looked at the name badge, I was like, oh, you're the guy who left the comment on the X, Y, and Z. And he was like, what? Like he didn't even, he didn't even remember it for a second. And then he remembered it and he was like, oh yeah. He was like, you should have never had that problem. Like, and, he, and we started talking about it. I don't think he ever meant to accuse me of not knowing what I was doing, but it came across that way on the internet because I couldn't read his face or his words or his tone. Right. And so the black and white that I read was Patino's a dipshit because he didn't plug the camera in right or whatever the heck it was. And when I met him, he was like, oh yeah, man, like you shouldn't have had that issue because X, Y, and Z works like this. And I was like, yeah, I know it's the weirdest thing. And we just had this like regular conversation about it. And I walked away feeling like, wow, maybe I misread that whole thing. All right. So I got two, uh, two ways I'm going to see this. Number one, <laughs> if you're an internet commenter, soften your words a little bit, pretend like I can't, I can't see you in the face. So therefore I don't know your tone. Right. right. So soften your stuff. Like, t imagine you're talking to your grandmother. Be nice. Right. <laughs> Number two, if you're on the receiving end, I mean, I guess you just have to, like, take it under the guise of tone is missing from, from, from text. I, yeah, I mean. Think about it for a minute. You know, like, just stop and think about it for a minute because maybe it's not always as much of an attack as you think it is. Now, or if you're just genuinely, like, if you are a negative person giving negative comments, for no reason then maybe find something more productive to do with your time i, I don't know They're, the world's a really pretty place if you give it a shot i, I mean i don't know i see we, I, I definitely see this type of like negativity around like fanboyism when it comes to like camera camera crew like camera camps like oh i'm a, like you're a sony fanboy or yo this guy only shoots fuji so he doesn't he does he's not a pro he doesn't know what he's talking about right um like i've never i've never loved a company so much where like i would willingly talk trash about a person because they liked another competitor <laughs> like it just i don't know and i mean like we like i talked about like last week we or last episode the a7 III, like the sony camera like i didn't when i shot sony's i didn't love them right. i'm not i'm not saying they're not great machines they're not competent camera make like image making devices but like this didn't work with my brain Sure. And that's okay. It should be okay. But like <laughs> go on the internet and I, I bet I would have a million like negative thumbs down. Probably. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that's the thing though. Is like, I, you know, I, I, if you wanted to go at it, like I strongly disagree that w with what you said about Sony cameras, I actually do in real life, but I didn't sit here and say like, that's so stupid, Ashton. You don't know anything. The fact no, was I mean, that you you used the camera and you didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Awesome. Like that's. It. I mean, this is like the same way I feel about like Nikon cameras. Like they're beautiful devices. They mm -hmm. do incredible things. There are people far more competent than I that that make a killing with them and make beautiful art with them. Right. I've used the Nikon. I didn't didn't love it. it just didn't <laughs> it didn't it didn't hit the mark for me. And so I don't know. Like maybe for maybe just take a pregnant pause and be like what am I really arguing about here? And is it truly going to make like, will it make my day better to go on 
this crusade of like proving to this guy that clearly has never used a Sony camera the way that I use a Sony camera that he's wrong. Like, right. You could, you could do that. And I would listen and I would say, okay, great. Sure. It's not going to, but you've just wasted my time then. Yeah. Like (laughs) I, that's, that's a great thing that you did a great tirade you went on, but I, I'm still won't, I still probably won't use them. Like not to the way that you, you do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Internet negative place. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) hundred percent so okay well this is a good segue because it leads me into my next thing um great along that same list of comments there was a thread on you know someone had asked you know with with how ubiquitous cameras have become how easy it is to to get into dslrs and um you know prosumer level equipment um and the fact that you can make professional results with prosumer consumer level camera gear i mean clearly yeah um how is there a future like can a person a creative person support themselves fully with photography or with the arts and so like there was a million comments of like people going back and forth some people saying you know no i don't see how it's humanly possible i shoot this i shoot many this many gigs on the side and i couldn't i can't see how there's a market for it and then others chiming in with I've been doing this for 10 years and absolutely you can. It's just about X, Y, and Z. So wanted to get your take. I mean, obviously as two guys that are doing that, like clearly it is possible. Yeah. Um, It's definitely possible. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so it's, it's lay it on me, David. uh, (laughs) Yes. It's completely possible to uh, pick up a camera today and start making your living in photography. The industry is not dead. It is not uh, failing or falling apart or anything. Things are changing. They've always been changing. And it's always getting harder to make money. Absolutely. Right? I think that's just in general across all industries. Budgets are being lowered. You know, belts are being tightened. And so the same goes true for photography. Now, that being said, yes, you can still make a very good living in photography, I think. And I think it takes a lot of work. I think the market is flooded because you see a lot more images every day than you ever have, but that's okay, man. You know, if you just keep pushing forward and working on your stuff, it will progress. And I think the question you need to ask yourself as someone who's trying to get into the business maybe is, um, what, at what level do I want to be in this? You know, is this a part-time gig for me? Or do I want to make my entire living doing this? Um, Or do I just want to like moonlight and have fun on the weekends? Or, you know, that's the first thing is figure out what you want to do. I know personally for me, the only thing that was important to me is that I made my living from photography. That's all I wanted. And I didn't know if that meant I was going to have to work seven days a week or two days a week or whatever. But, you know, I went out and I, I figured it out. I'm still figuring it out. You know, like, um, I think that's that's kind of the big thing is like where where do you want to fit in the industry? You know, do you want to do you want to shoot volume? Do you want to shoot boutique? Like where do you want to be? Because saying that you want to be a photographer and make your living at it is a very broad statement. I mean, I think we can agree that there are a lot of different types of photography. And sure, you can do them all or you can start specializing in this or that, but like I know again personally when I became a photographer, that's what I want. I was like I want to make my living as a photographer and I hated it. I didn't like doing what I was doing. I didn't like shooting the type of work I was shooting. And it took me years to get to the point where I was like, nope, I like this. I'm going to keep doing this. 
you know, and, and then I was able to make a living doing that. And so I think you got to ask yourself more questions than just like, can you make a living as a photographer? Because sure, you can make a living doing anything. Agreed. Right? Um, no, I mean, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, I, you're, you're right. that The market is flooded. There are more people doing this than there ever has before. And I think before, you know, like when I was growing up, I apprenticed for a photographer in my hometown. And I think at that point, even then, there was still a barrier to entry, right? You had to have, you know, a certain bit of technical knowledge, right? If you were going to be processing your own film and doing your own stuff that way. But then I think from an equipment standpoint, that was also very cost prohibitive. You know, it's like if you wanted to, if you wanted to have, you know, um, like a wedding shooting business, you had to have enough cash on hand to have enough, you know, rolls for a w wedding weekend for processing those rolls. You have to have camera bodies that were, you know, were expensive back then. I mean, they're still expensive. Cameras are still expensive now. Let me, don't get me wrong. Cameras are very expensive oh, yeah. now, but I think before, like, I think the, the level of which you could get away with at a professional level was you had to have a much like the, the table stakes were much higher. It's like, yep. I think now with like, I could get a Canon rebel, I don't know, whatever number they're on now. And I could make the, I can make the work that I make now. Right. Obviously like technical limitations. If, if the output's always the same, if it was all for web, right. Like sure. without, with it, without putting that into consideration, like, the camera is a camera is a camera. It's just as capable in terms of how it, you know, you, what it puts out. So, right. but I think maybe back then it was a little bit more different than that. You like, you had to have, if you're going to do an SLR, you had to have decent class, you know, you have to have a couple bodies and that, that couldn't be done with a point and shoot, you know, right. APS camera. Um, so I, I think from that perspective, I think that the, there was a slightly higher cost to entry to being a photographer and that kept a handful of people out. So now we have today where it, like you can pick up a camera from, you know, your local electronics retailer. Um, you can pick up a, you know, a Best Buy special and you could be shooting, doing the work within an hour. Right. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of people competing. And I think, I think the challenge is not so much, you know, getting into it as it is staying into it. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I think the reality, like, I don't know, I think for, for some people, like, like you said, shooting volume, or do you want to shoot more niche? Um, I come from a background of being more of a generalist. So like, I shoot a lot of different things based on what I think I'm okay at and what mm -hmm. people are, tend to call me for. And I think it, it kind of creates the, the, the paradigm of you're not really selling the good you're, you're selling the service element of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that whole, you're selling yourself like sure tie. Um, and I think that what you bring to the table as a creative is, is the cost of the good, right? It's like, that's, that's the thing you're selling. It's right. What kind of creative things do you bring to the table to help solve their problem? Um, and you just happen to do that with a camera, like a camera is your, is your hammer. Um, right. and so, yeah, I think you, it is a lot of work. You're absolutely right. Like I'm coming to, I've known it before, but very much now on my own, like, yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, and so it's just how, how much are you willing to put into that? You know, cause it, it won't just come. And I think maybe that's, that might be the, for anyone that's getting started, that might feel that frustration of how does anyone make a living on this? It's like, well, you string it together 
until you find out what that big thing that like the, what the big bulk of your work is going to be. And then for yeah. some strange reason, it just, it, maybe it just tends to come. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. If you're, if you're <laughs> so, doing it right. And if you, you hopefully know, the phone yeah, rings, yeah, that's it. That's um, it. You know, and, and, and there are different, like we said, there's different paths, there's different venues, there's different ways to go about it. So, um, you know, it's hard to just give generalizations and say like, yeah, you should be able to do X, Y, and Z because it really depends on where you want to go. You know, what I thought being a photographer was, is not what it is for me. I was actually just talking about this this morning. I said to somebody, I was like, I did this, like, it was like a proper photo shoot. There was like, you know, there was like a, like I was trying to describe to them what it was. And I was like, there's a stylist and like, you know, four people from an agency and then me, and there's like an assistant. And, you know, I was like, it's like, it's like what you'd see on TV. And they were like, oh yeah, I get it. Like, but most days are not like that. You know, a lot of days are just me and a camera and a box full of product and a very lonely studio moment, you know? And like, and, but that's great too. Like, I love that. That's what makes me money to survive. Like, that's how I make my living, you know? And I don't do it seven days a week. Uh, actually here, I'll tell you, I'll be completely honest. I've worked, uh, December. We're almost done. I did five jobs in December. That was a busy December for me. I did six in November, you know, but that's enough for me to get by. It's enough for me to make a living and support my camera addiction and my, my family to a certain extent. And also remember that, okay, I shot six jobs in November. I also probably worked a couple hundred hours on top of that post-processing, finding the next job, you know, staying in bed with certain clients, reaching out to people, doing meetings for the next month's jobs. Like, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into the day of shooting other than just the day of shooting. Absolutely. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of budgeting. There's a lot of time management. There's a lot of stuff, you know? And I think that learning that side of it is way harder than just being like, I have a camera. I know how to use it. Pay me. You know, being able to stay afloat with a camera and do it long-term is much harder. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I think like, and we've come into this quandary before I, we talked about this is like the idea that, you know, to be, to be a photographer, to be an artist full time, to do that as your, your, that is your thing, your gig, your vocation. Um, you know, you have to be good at that, the art part, right. But yeah. you have to be better at the business part. Yeah. And, you know, because the art will get you in, will get you through the door of claiming that as your, as your job title like the, the technical know-how, but the business part will keep you doing that, will keep you employed as that, that, that artist. Um, and I think that's the part that's really, really hard. I think that's, I mean, just how my brain works. Like, I think that's, if I could just shoot, if all the jobs just came to me, um, and you know, like all I had to do is pick up the camera and make the thing, like that's a lot easier, you know, like yeah. than having to, to, to do the whole, your own shop thing. Um, so like, you know, when I talk to younger photographers that are still maybe in school and trying to figure out what that plot or what that plan looks like for them, I go, you know, if you're, while you're still, while you're still there, like take as much, take as much advice, free advice from your business school friends as you can, like go, go take a couple business classes, like learn the ins and outs of that. Sure. Um, because like, that's the stuff that will keep you in business. Yeah. Um, 
because you're right. Like in, in a given, like I'll, I'll put my cards on the table too. This month of December was actually a really busy month for me. And I shot, um, I shot four, four jobs. Three. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Four jobs. Um, and last month I shot six. So, I mean, like that was a busy, busy month. So like, and I think the jobs are of different scale and size, but you, you figure out like what that ebb and flow is to, to kind of meet your goal or, you know, get your rent paid. And the other part of your time is filled, you know, filling your obligation on those, those jobs, however many it is. And then running the business, you know, doing all the administrative things to make sure that you have more to do next month. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge is like making sure that you have, more to do next month. And I think even more so is because I know I've done this. It always happens when you cross a, a threshold of making money. When someone pays you X amount for a job, you, I, I won't say you, I inevitably think, got it. I got it. I'm at, I crossed that level. No, no, no. I crossed that level once. That doesn't mean that from here on out, I give me, I make X amount per job because the next phone call is probably going to be a, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Like you don't just because someone paid you 10 grand for a job doesn't mean you now make 10 grand on every job you do. Exactly. Absolutely. And, but, a, but a lot of people think that they think like, Oh, when I cross the $10,000 mark, I'll be making $10,000. You know, like, and the fact of the matter is that like, Nope, you might make $10,000 today and you might make fucking $600 tomorrow. Right. It's like not everything I sell is a Cadillac. You know, sometimes I'm selling Correct. Cadillac. Sometimes I'm selling a bicycle. You know, it's like yeah. the widget is open. Sometimes I'm selling a doorknob. It's like the, 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 the widget is always different for every person. And, you know, like as a, as a decent human being, you, you would, you know, it, it's nice to think everything could, everything you make period, no matter what it is, Cadillac or doorknob is 10 grand, but like that doesn't, that's not how the world works. And realistically, no. like no one wants to be that guy. So, um, you know, yeah, I totally agree. I think that there's a, there's a certain element of like, once you cross that, you, you do a thing, you can feel proud about it. And then it's like, okay, the next problem will come to your desk your table and you'll say, okay, well, here's your, I hear your problem. Here's your solution. It may not be a 10 K solution. It's maybe right. a $500 solution or a hundred, whatever, whatever that might be. Totally. Um, I think the other part about like, I don't know, this is maybe just the perspective of someone that like, as someone who used like has gone from the fringes, I'm using like obscene, I'm not obscene. I'm using hand gestures. You can't see right <laughs> don't, now. I'm don't like, be obscene. I'm plotting out things on in this visual invisible timeline of mine. But like, as a person that used to be like on the fringes of, of going pro and I'll magic air quote that um, mm -hmm. it's like I bought a camera that was $2,000 and I just did a gig. Like I did a gig for 400 bucks. Like how does anyone ever make a living on this? Right. And I think the, the part that you get into as you, as if you do it full time as a business where you have to like look at finances from a business perspective is that you're not buying new kit every time you do a thing um you know like yeah. it's like a car it's like you know you you buy it once and it's a big expense and then you you run the wheels off of it until you need a new car and i think about like i think when you're not doing it full time when if you're a hobbyist you know like your fun money goes to camera stuff and it's like i'm gonna buy diffusers and modifiers and lights and cameras and like wow this is really expensive how can anyone ever make a living on this and it's like well it's a challenge yeah but i think you know you, you buy the gear and then and then you make it make like then it has to go make you money you put it to work um and like your your return on that you elongated over a timeline so it's like i'm not buying another camera until this one's been paid off 
mm-hmm. you know, whether it be through through cash or if you finance or whatever that that system looks like for you and your business. But like, you know, I think that's also another pitfall that I see happen at the the early stages of a person's photo career when they're like in the the hobbyist pro ams part of a of, of their path, like. I do this because I love it and I make some money on the side and I'm playing with the idea of going full time. It's like you have to, or I recommend you wean yourself away from the gear lust because it is, it is how you put yourself out of business, right? It's like the idea that is to start a, to start a legitimate photo business. I need to have, you know, all the things that pro photographers talk about having a backup camera body and having backup lights for your pro lights. It's like, I don't know. Realistically, that's nice to think about. Like, I would love to have a replacement <laughs> one, like a re- backup of everything that I have. But like, realistically, yeah. like, that's expensive, you know. And yeah. And if you're starting a if you're starting a business and you instantly go upside down, fifty k, putting together a, a really sweet bag of kit, like, you're working from a deficit on top of the the stuff, the living costs right. that you have already. So like, that's a challenging right. thing. So I don't know. I think it's maybe like to can you make it as a photographer in 2019? Absolutely you can, but oh. you have to be smarter and you have to work a little bit harder. Smarter is the the big thing, you know, not, not getting stuck and not, I mean, I, you know, it's hard cause I, I do own an absurd amount of gear, you know, and I, I have backups for my backups, but I also don't drive a fancy car. I don't, I eat pretty well, but I don't, you know, like I don't go on lavish vacations every year. I don't, you know, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't do so that I have all the gear that I have because that's important to me. You know, like that's, that's what brings me great joy <laughs> is having all the fun shit. And, but in order to do that, I don't do these other things. And I'm with someone that understands that as well, you know, and she, she believes in that as well because, because she's in the business, thank God. And so, I think there's that. I think there are, you need to look at your lifestyle also and say, like, if I'm the kind of person who, you know, if I need a, a BMW and I need a whatever and I need to have a big house, and I need to live in this zip code, then, like, factor those things in now. Because you're not wrong for wanting those things. No, absolutely I think, not. I, I mean, awesome. Like, I know you're a car guy, right? Like, yeah, I, you probably want to. Those are my toys. You want to spend your money on cars, you know, yeah. like, that's right. But, like, and so, like, that's fine. You just need to factor that in from the start. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't think like, Oh, I'll, I'll be all right. As long as, cause you know, you're going to buy a car at some point, yep. a fancy car or whatever, or a nice car, or a fast car, you know, like just factor that in, you know, like don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to your therapist type thing. You know, if you love fancy camera gear, factor that in from the start. Now, maybe you're not going to buy it all year one, but you can work towards that. Yeah. You can progress towards that. You know, I didn't open my studio with uh, you know, a million pieces of gear and and everything now. No, I was in a, a, a shoe box for the first five years. I had a 500 square foot studio that I overpaid for. And I had, I remember all of my gear used to fit in one Pelican case. And I remember adding to that case and being like, well, this is a big deal. Like, this is yeah. huge. I have to make a new pocket for this lens. Yeah, I have a room now that I walk into that has racks of gear in it. And, you know, because because of the studio and all that we do here and like, I feel the same way. Like it, it feels like my big Pelican case. Like I walk in now, I'm like, Oh, I need to make room on the shelf for this little beauty that just showed up. And you know, like I still feel the same way, even though everything's kind of like exponentially bigger and there's more of it. 
really the math is the same as when I started off. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, and I, I, I guess like, you know, for you, this is just from my outside looking in perspective, you know, I've always like, I remember when I first met you and you were at uh, uh, Ashland studio, you had mm-hmm. your, your other studio in, in Parsippany. Like I walked in and I go, man, this guy's got it figured out. Like has racks of, you know, racks of pro photo gear. He's got, you know, giant psych wall with three different setups, sound booth, et cetera. And I, you know, I think the, the part it's, I think that's where most people in the like early part of that, that, that pro am section, like I'm playing with the thought of going pro. It's like, they think, well, I need to do that tomorrow. No. And it not realizing that like you have been in, you have been in business for 10 years, you know, like you've been doing this for a, a hot minute and it's like you work up to that and you plan for it as part of your bigger business plan. And so like, you know, I think, I, you know, I remember talking to a handful of younger photographers over the years where it's like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to jump off the, I'm going to take the leap. And I'm like, that's incredible. You're yeah, abs- you should definitely, if you feel like this is your thing and you feel like you're going to do it, like you should do it, do it, go at it gung ho. Like, well, okay, well, how much gear do I have to buy? And I'm like, how much, like, you don't have to buy any, like, do you have, you have stuff already. That's like, let that make you like, let that pay for itself. Let that make you money. Let it generate its own stuff. Sure. And then when you have some underneath you, then you can start thinking about where you build out. Because I think, you know, and we talk about this as camera people all the time. It's like the bodies aren't important, right? That's the stuff that changes year over year. And so like, you know, jump in when you need to use it until it's no longer, you know, no longer serves a, a purpose or a role in your business. And then you jump to the next thing or you, you, you upgrade or whatever that looks like. Um, but I think like, you know, I think the, like the, the camera industry as a whole can be kind of predatory if you're not thinking about it with that mindset. It's like, Oh, you know, I have an a seven, I have a Sony a seven two. Now the new a seven is out. Gotta have that. And it's like, yeah. well, do you, is it like completely essential to the creation of your, of your work and your business? It's like, probably not. Like it'll help. Like, will it be better? Yeah. I mean, on, on, on paper it's better. Sure. But is it truly going to make your work that much better? Will it help? Will it help you get, will it help you take you to a new level of creating things that you didn't think you could create before? I don't know. Probably not. Like I'm willing to bet not. Um, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably so, not. <laughs> I mean, I haven't found a wonder camera in my, my 10 years doing this. I haven't found a one tool that like completely made me a genius. Um, no way. So, so yeah. Um, I think it's just so like, be it's, wise. yeah, it's, being, it's just being smart about it. Being, and I think being honest, like to your point earlier, it's like, you know, like I, I, I will fully admit I'm a, I'm a car guy. I like, I like things with wheels. Those are, those are my hobbies outside of camera stuff. And so, you know, um, when it came time for, for me to figure out what I was doing here and building this business, like I had to be really honest with myself and say, here are my expenses, the X that needs to go out every month. So that means I need to generate Y you know, after taxes. So like, I mean, probably why before taxes, right? Like mm-hmm. figuring in that I'm going to have to pay some back and to get there, I will, I'll take however many jobs it takes, you know, if it's 10 little things or if it's two big things or yeah. some kind of combination in between, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of that, that, more or less, you're, you're parsing out what you need to do to make it make it work. 
Totally. And if you're truly and committed to it, if it's truly what you want to do in life, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? The important part is don't leave it off the list. Great. Stupid thing. I smoked for a very long time, right? And I remember the first time I ever made a budget when I was trying to move out and get my own apartment. My father was helping me out and we were going through the list and, and he was like, cigarettes. And I was like, I'm not putting those on my budget. And he was like, you spend money on them on a regular basis. They go in your budget. And I was like, so bizarre. I had a line <laughs> item for cigarettes in my budget. But he was right. Because I would have been like, oh, I wouldn't have factored that in, right? Yeah. I would have been like, oh, rent and clothing or whatever, like the big stuff, car payment. But then I didn't think about it that way, you know? And so same thing though, like camera gear or cars or whatever, like it's got to be on the list. You might cut it, but put it there because if you don't make room for it, it's not going to happen. And you're going to screw yourself in the long run, you know? Yeah. So if you want to buy a new camera every year, put 5Gs down on that list. Because if you don't, you got to work towards it. Yeah. You know, you yeah. might not make it, but you got to work towards it. And I, I think that that's like wildly important for anybody getting started in the business is that, you know, it's okay to say that you want extravagant things. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in that. Just make sure you work towards it. Don't expect it to just show up in your lap. Absolutely. And I mean, I think like if, if, if like it, so yes, in 2019, it is possible to pick up a camera not having like if you if you're a part-time person now if you're a pro-am and you want to go pro yes definitively yes it is possible it is possible to be to go full pro and make a living and make a great living um but you have to be honest with yourself and you have to kind of set yourself you have to set yourself up for that success yeah. period and i think that's with Agreed. any venture where you are the master of your own your own destiny you have to set yourself up for success and it requires um, you know, a pinch of honesty and, uh, you know, maybe a heaping dose of diligence. Um, totally. Yeah. That's huge. And on that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's that's all you got. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we could go on, we go on. I mean, it depends. It depends that's on how, how long we really want to make this episode. <laughs> um, but now that we got all heavy, let's go a little bit light. Um, let's see, let's go on with, uh, uh new camera stuff in the world today. Yep. Um, let's talk video for a second because I know we always talk stills. So, okay, Black Ma Black Magic Pocket Camera, the new one, the 4K mm, one. Um, yes. I have a buddy of mine that has one of these, and I've had like maybe I don't know 15 minutes to like put my hands on it and like fiddle with it. Um, having used the the full size Black Magic, like the full size big awkward 4K one that was like eh, so so, the right. Ursa Mini, which was like mm -hmm. exceptional. Um. And then this one, I, I'm a big fan. Okay. So I've always like full disclosure. I'm a big fan of small stuff. I like, I like, mm -hmm. to, I always like to see if I can make more with less looking at the output. It's, it's a beautiful camera. And I think like it opens up a lot of different options in terms of portability and you know, what you're able to do with something that's small. That said, is it like, is it Ari Alexa good? Well, I mean, it's different. It's different. <laughs> it's different. So, like, that's the one thing. Um, but, yeah, what hot takes. What do you think? So, the Pocket Cinema camera is the only one I haven't touched. Okay. I've used the Ursa. I've used the Ursa Mini. Uh, I've used the Ursa Mini Pro. Uh, I used to own two of the original Pocket Cinema cameras. Um, Blackmagic as a uh, camera system, I love. I love the file that comes out of it. I love the flatness I love that they've built in 
so much stuff into their camera systems and they've done a very good job at that. They put them out at a fraction of the cost of everybody else. So I think as a camera system, they're amazing. And I know that they're getting better as a company. They're starting to roll stuff out better and it's, and it's becoming um, easier to get your hands on and, and, and whatnot. But like, but man, I, it's a creamy little picture that comes out of it and their raw files are beasts of files, man. I mean, I've worked with red. I've worked with area. I've worked with all these, like that file that comes out of a black magic is sick and is very maneuverable and has a lot of latitude in it. So, um, yeah. And, and I think I, you've touched it. It's like, you can put it in your pocket without a lens, right? It's small. Uh, <laughs> if maybe you're wearing baggy like pants. a cargo pocket or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely bigger than the last one. Um, Mm-hmm. Like the like the same the same buddy of mine who has the new one. He also has the old one, and he was one of the guys that like pre-ordered day one. They announced it and had to wait I don't know six months until he got it. So I I think like for him like he had paid the camera off long before he ever put right. hands on it. Um, cool. <laughs> and so it was like there was a little bit of grumbling about that, which I totally understand. Um, it's like the idea. It's like yeah, for less money we can give you all the same great things like, but yeah. it might take us a little bit longer to get there or 4k at 60 frames. Like shut up. It's too good. The only thing I, uh, this is the only thing I hate. And just cause I hate this all around is, um, micro four thirds. Here's the bottom line. And this is, you know, I'll end it here. It's got a C fast and an SD XC slot. Two, so two slots. slots. Buy it. Winner, 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 chicken done. dinner. Yeah. Done. Done. Um, that is our only defining quality for purchasing cameras. If you haven't been able to catch on by now, uh, <laughs> well played, well played. Um, all right. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, really appreciate you spending the time with us. And if you have questions, comments, all those things, send us a note, drop us a line. You can find us on social. David's on everything at David a Patino. Um, I'm at Ashton Stan on the Insta and the Facebooks and all that good stuff. So just, you know, you can Google that if you want. Um, this podcast is produced by David Patino, myself, and Katie Lantuck, uh, and in, produced in-house at the Tannery Studio in Stanhope, New Jersey. So, uh, yeah. Uh, happy New Year. Happy 2019. And we're going to be making these all throughout the rest of the year. So send us your comments. Uh, if you haven't already, like us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you catch your podcasts. And See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Yeah, there it is. <laughs>